Sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hey friends, this is Andy. This episode of Accelerate is brought to you by KiteDesk. KiteDesk is the all-in-one sales development platform that lets you manage all of your sales development activities, such as email, direct dial phone calls, and your daily to-dos, all in one place to open up conversations, book more qualified meetings, and really create a predictable pipeline. KiteDesk Flow and KiteDesk Find allows us to find exactly the right people in the industries we're looking for in the roles that we're looking for. That's KiteDesk customer Michael Orfis. Michael is head of sales at Stratified. In addition to the all-in-one management of his sales development team's days, KiteDesk helps him with another big part of his job. We have the ability with KiteDesk to do what we call targeted campaigns. Our conversion rate from what we were doing in the past to what we're doing now has been really massive. So you don't have to take tons of time to research, prospect, then blast large lists of people but never turn into sales opportunities. We're seeing higher clicks, we're seeing higher open rates, and without question, we've seen a massive increase in pipeline generation. So to learn more about KiteDesk, schedule a free demo, and learn how to create predictable pipeline at your sales organization, go to kitedesk.com forward slash accelerate. That's K-I-T-E-D-E-S-K dot com slash accelerate. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Joining me on the show today is my friend Vivica Von Rosen. She's a social selling expert and author of a brand new book titled LinkedIn, 101 Ways to Rock Your Personal Brand, Grow Your Network, and Build Your Business. So Vivica, welcome back to Accelerate. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be back. It's a pleasure to have you. So <laughs> if there's a chance that there's someone out there that's listening that didn't hear your first episode with us, maybe just spend a minute, introduce yourself briefly and, and what you do. Sure. So my name, obviously, is Vivica Von Rosen. Um, I'm a LinkedIn specialist expert. I write books about LinkedIn. I talk about LinkedIn on stages, and I work with customers and clients to help make LinkedIn uh, work a little bit better for them. Uh, sales, you know, lead generation and social selling and social marketing. Um, it's really just all about LinkedIn with me. Yeah, and you have what I would characterize as sort of a love-hate relationship with them. I do indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be more positive, but I got to tell you. <laughs> well, so what have you seen in the months since the the acquisition was announced? 
you know, yeah. uh, anything positive, <laughs> you know, we can spend a few minutes on that. Anything that, you know, seems like an opening of the kimono to be more user-friendly? Well, um, well, here, let me try to be positive. Okay, so one thing is they seem to be using user groups now, which I'm very excited about. I'm not on one, but a couple of my friends are in the Sales Navigator user group. So that is good. They're actually, Microsoft is actually listening to the LinkedIn users, or at least some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is a very good thing, because traditionally LinkedIn has not been uh, much for user groups. Um, the paid tool, Sales Navigator, uh, their search function just got a whole lot better um, because, of course, they're taking away all the functionality of the free account and are trying to port us all into Sales Navigator. Right. But, um, you know, the the party line is they are wanting to make the LinkedIn user interface um, more seamless and, and more aligned with the mobile app. And so if you're a heavy mobile user, heavy free mobile user, and you use LinkedIn, it, it will feel the same whether you're on mobile or on LinkedIn. What that means is they're getting rid of some of what I consider LinkedIn's best features, like the advanced search, the save search, uh, tagging, those will all be available and are now available on Sales Navigator. Um, apparently, they will not be available with the newest user interface. So that's a little wow. unfortunate. Okay. But they're listening to us, which is a very positive thing. They're adding good features to Sales Navigator, which is a positive thing. And yes, I think for people who use LinkedIn not very much, um, they're going to find it uh, an easier user interface um, than the one that we have right now. But I think for people who are very active... But less less capable, though. A lot less capable, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's (laughs) always a trade-off. Yeah. We're we're user-friendlier, but we're more user-friendly, but there's less you can do with us without paying. Right, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's, Which that's, I understand. That's right? fair. I that's understand fair. that. That's, that's fair. Right? That's fair. That's yeah, fair. absolutely. Okay, well, good. All right, so let's jump into your new book. So you've written this this new book, as I said, LinkedIn, 101 Ways to Rock Your Personal Brand, yeah. which, you know, the title says sort of nominally about LinkedIn, but really about building your personal brand. And and I guess <laughs> the thought that sort of struck me as I was reading it is you start really right at the beginning and say, you just have to sort of think about this topic first and foremost. And I think that's sort of the barrier for most people is, yeah, don't, is. they don't really think about having a personal brand as a, an employee of a company that has a brand. Right, and exactly. so why is that so important for them? It's important because of the way our market is, our economy is, the way our, our businesses are. Um, you know, always be looking, right? <laughs> always be selling, always be looking. So the fact is, um, we <laughs> the, don't have... The, the update to always <laughs> yeah, be closing right? us, always to be always looking. Always be closing. Always, always be looking for the next <laughs> yeah, job. Okay. <laughs> well, the fact is, we don't have the 30-year careers anymore. So even if you are working for a company and you love it, um, you just, you really have to be thinking about the fact that you might get acquired, um, new management might come in, uh, you might get sold, um, someone might be elected president who's not supportive of your industry. And if that is the case, then it's possible that you're going to have to look for a new career. And 
you want to make sure that you look the best you can. So this is not a book just for job seekers. Like, don't get me wrong. It's really for the entrepreneur, the solopreneur, the small business owner. It's, it's building your personal brand is more than just creating a profile on LinkedIn. Building a personal brand is creating an online presence that really is defined so that when people say your name or when people research you on Google, this presence, this profile comes up and it is different from everybody else out there. And if you can align that with some kind of thought leadership, so whether you are a business owner or an employee or a job seeker, there is some area of expertise that hopefully you excel in. And so using your personal brand to elevate that area of expertise, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, it's not... Well, so... Sorry. Yeah, it just... Well, that's no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's for people that really to understand. This is a sales issue as well as a career it issue. Is. So, yeah. and it just... And I think that's that's sort of... Uh, when people hear about personal brand is, is they tend to sort of think about it more as maybe the career issue rather than really the sales issue. And yeah. and it's both. I mean, they're inextricably linked at this point. They really are. They really are. And, you know, it's it's interesting because um, at the time, the 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 person who wrote the, our foreword is Coca Sexton, who mm-hmm. used to be um, the head of uh, social marketing for LinkedIn and has been a friend since you know, I, since before LinkedIn. So he agreed, uh, you know, to write the forward. And like two weeks after um, he wrote the forward, he called and said, you know, uh, I'm leaving LinkedIn. And so what a perfect example, uh, other than the fact I was like, ah, one day I'll have someone from LinkedIn actually endorse something I write. But, <laughs> but it was such a perfect example because he has done an exemplary job of positioning himself as a social selling expert on LinkedIn while he was working for LinkedIn in the social media sphere. And so when he stepped away from LinkedIn, he had job opportunities. He finally ended up going with Sandler. Right. Um, he was thinking about busy, you know, build, build, building his own business for a while and was probably doing both. But um, yeah, he was able to walk into um, a successful career you know, from LinkedIn. And so he was actually the perfect person to write our forward in retrospect. But yeah, but it was, he had created such a strong personal brand and such a name for himself that it didn't really matter that he wasn't working for LinkedIn anymore, right? Right. And I think that that sort of leveraging the LinkedIn topic is, I believe, uh, Reed Hoffman in his book yes. talked about this concept of tours of duty yes. in jobs. So That's that right. So if right. you look at your career, not as you know, this one endless progression from one point to another that's sort of seamless within a company, which we know hardly exists anymore. Right. As he talks about it, sort of using the analogy of somebody maybe a list for one of the military branches, as you've got this defined period of time which you're doing this particular job. Right. And when you get to the end of it, that's really time to sort of say, okay, yeah, am I, is, am I continuing doing this same job, perhaps somewhere else? I mean, it could be right. the, could be the company's doesn't need me to do that job anymore. Right, right. So, yeah, this whole issue of building a brand and having people be able to understand who you are and what you do, both customers and employers, yes. is, is really pretty essential. It really is. And and the fact is a lot of people created their LinkedIn profile, you know, in 2003, 2005, 2007, 2009, and they haven't revisited it since. And they certainly haven't thought about it since they created it 
as a personal branding platform. And that's really what I wanted to address. And the fact is still, when you look for someone on LinkedIn or on Google, their LinkedIn profile is going to show up first, second, third. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe with, with Facebook and, and Instagram now, it'll be fourth, fifth or sixth, but it's still going to show up. People are still going to look at it. And if your LinkedIn profile sucks, it's going to cost you business, well, it does. whatever that means to you, right? Well, so, it, it does. I mean, yeah, I, I've does. had people on the show that I've interviewed and also companies I talk to with research I'm doing that, yeah, I ask the question, when you're contacted by a salesperson, when you think you want to engage with a sales professional, do you look them up online? And the question is, that response is almost 100%, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. With, without fail, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, for the job seeker, people aren't even looking at resumes anymore, Um, especially for the older job seeker who's, you know, it's always been one way. Guess what? It's not anymore. They're looking at your LinkedIn profile. Um, So again, you've got to differentiate yourself from everybody else out there, whether, whether you're looking for a job, whether you are looking for a new partnership, whether you are looking for a client, you have to differentiate yourself. So that, that all wraps into the whole personal branding. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a great sales author called Andy Paul who wrote a book called Zero Time Selling. And, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. And the, the premise of that book is that these days it's less about what you sell and more about how you sell. And the how you sell starts with you. I mean, that's all your personal differentiation differentiates you when you're focused on how you're selling, how you're helping the customer make that decision. So, exactly. yeah, this, this is important. Okay, so let's jump into some of the specifics about that you lay out in the book about, about how to go about this process of, and we obviously, you have 101 ways, so we're not going to get to all of them. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to cover them all? Because, I mean... <laughs> well, we might have to come back no, for I'm multiple, multiple episodes. <laughs> exactly. but, but we touched on the first one at the beginning, which was... You have to think about who you want to be, yeah, and yeah. what you want to be, and I think yeah. that that is that is so critical. And part of that, I think you also mentioned is is that, and if not, then you know we'll bring that up. Is you need to be very pragmatic about assessing who you are right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, not who you wanted to be, not who you were in the past. Like, who are you exactly? Right? Who are you right now? Um, and who are you to your audience or to your target market right now? Um, and, and really, in who you are, how do you bring value to the table? Like, where, where, where are you? What's the value in, 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 in your brand, as it were? What is your value in your brand to them? Right. And sometimes that means you're going to have to ask somebody else, right? I mean, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> So I think this is the part where people want to, and that's why I talked about being very pragmatic about it, yeah. is that you're going to have to go solicit input from people that you know. Yeah. It could be customers, it could be coworkers, it could be acquaintances that you know, aren't necessarily best friends. Is you know, People are going to take a look at that and help you really come to a truthful understanding of, as you said, who you are to your audience, what the value is you provide. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, the ask is so, so, so important. And, you know, we... we we're so embroiled in our own businesses that we forget that not everyone knows everything that we do. And so being able to ask your network, your existing clients, your past clients, where you are valuable, it, it, it not only is invaluable information for you and moving forward in your personal brand, but, but more, oops, but 
Can you hear, still hear me? Yeah, I can but hear more important. Okay, sorry. But more importantly than that, it's um, it's an opportunity to re-engage. I mean, this this is actually a strategy that that I talk about when I work with clients. Is you know, it, it's kind of the the referral strategy, but but it's a great opportunity to ask and say, hey, past client who's really really happy with our results, um, can I have fifteen minutes of your time? You know, I'm working on my rebrand. You can even do it through LinkedIn through through the LinkedIn Messenger app. I'm working on my rebrand. And um, have a few questions for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it gets, it's a great opportunity to get on the phone with them. And, and maybe as they learn more about what you're doing now, especially if you've changed your product, service, or offer, um, you have, like, a great opportunity to upsell right. them, right. right? As well as get referrals, as well as, I mean, it's just a great, it's just a great um, social sales strategy, quite frankly. But, yeah, you absolutely have to ask your your peeps, you know what it is about you that makes you different from everybody else, and 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 wrap that into your brand. Right, and you bring that up. You talk about you have to really have the necessity to be memorable. And, yeah. And this is again, if you are going to be the point of differentiation in a sales process or buying experience for the the customer, yeah, you have to be memorable. So how do you be? What's the key to becoming memorable? Well, knowing who you are and what you do, but um, a, a couple simple things, right? So things as simple as, as adding a background image. Like you've got a great background image. It's your branding. It's your colors. It speaks to who you are. It's got your your tagline in there, strategies to power growth, right? Sales acceleration speaker, coach, oh, strategist. You're talking about me. I'm talking about you, yes. <laughs> like literally talking about you right now. I thought, geez, um, that sounded so, familiar with your... Exactly, you know, so so that immediately pulls in your brand, and and I always I, I laugh slash laugh slash cry because we wouldn't dream of having a Twitter account or a Facebook account or an Instagram account or um, any online social media account that has a background image and not use that background image. Uh, especially if we're in business, mm-hmm. but so many people have not. If they even have anything here, it's like a a, a background of mountains from a photo they found on their desktop, which is better than nothing. Don't get me wrong. But having something branded to your business and to who you are and what you do, like you have done, is so much more important. So something as simple as that. And by the way, that still applies to employees who may be one day looking for a job. There's still something about you that you can create a visual of that brands you, that 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 really... Um, kind of supports your vision of who you are. And so, you know, that might be mountains. Well, it's, but it's interesting. Interesting question, though, is, is do companies ask or do they provide, you know, background graphics for their employees' LinkedIn profiles? Well, the companies I work with do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's absolutely one of the things. Now, they can't make them do it. Sure. But it's important. And, and it's not just the sales and the marketing team, by the way, that need these background images. It's anyone because at any point when someone searches on your profile, it's not just the customer-facing people, employees that show up. It's any employee, right? So it's really important to get all of your employees, whether you have five or 50 or 500 or 500,000. It's important to get all your, your employees with a background image that that reflects the company. So that's absolutely key. Um, you know, most of the readers of my book will probably be entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, job seekers. 
but but whether you are a job seeker or an enterprise size company, you know you can make use of this background image, which oh by the way is free. So right. why wouldn't you? Right. right. So that's that's something very very simple and obvious. Um, another thing is that that professional headline, that little section right underneath your name, which usually says title at company, but it doesn't really tell me who you are, what you do, or who you serve. And if you're looking for a job, it might tell me what you're doing right now, which might not be applicable to what you actually want to be doing. It might say dot, 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 because you're not currently working. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a huge wasted opportunity because when people engage with you on LinkedIn, they see your picture, your name, and that professional headline. Plus, when you view other people's profiles, if you want to get proactive and engaging with your network, again, they're going to see your picture, your name, and whatever you've put there. So you want to think about, it's not much, it's 120 characters, it's a short sentence, but you want to describe in 120 characters or less who you are, what you do, and who you serve, right? So you're a top-rated podcaster, you're a best-selling author, you're a speaker, you're a coach, and you, who do you serve? You advise CEOs and entrepreneurs, bam, right? And so that's another really easy way to affect your branding, um, and now I'm just going to pick on you because you've got a great sure. profile, well, right? <laughs> Another thing is if you are a content creator, and I get that not everybody is, but if you are a content creator. Well, we're we're going to talk or, about that. Yeah, yeah. If you're a blogger. Oh, we're going to talk about it later? Yeah. But I mean, okay. no, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll I mean, it, okay. <laughs> because I think that's it's one of the topics we want to bring up just briefly as we have time is, is yeah. the requirement as part of your personal brand is you have to publish, you have to publish. Right. You really do. Um, and it doesn't have to be your own stuff necessarily. You know, that's, that's, it, it's great if it can be, if you've already got a podcast or a blog or, uh, you know, a vlog or something where you're already creating content, you can repurpose it on LinkedIn. But even if you don't, you know, you can be a curator of information. So you can do my top 10 business books, um, top 10 quotes from leaders in this industry. You know, it, you can collate or, or curate content um, within publisher. Uh, that's within in the publisher program itself. And then of course, updating. But again, you want to do it in such a way that supports your brand. If you are really focused on the B2B world, then don't upload singing cat videos. Um, LinkedIn for, is on uh, Facebook. For instance, right. <laughs> for instance. Well, but, but you don't, I mean, saying a serious question is you don't see that very often though, do you? Unfortunately, yes. Seriously. I mean, it's, no, I, no lie. As as I was pulling up your profile um, before I popped over to you, I took, there my, was, cat, I uh, took my cat video off. By the way, you yeah. took the cat video yeah, off. Thank you very yeah. much for doing that. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was uh, it, uh, it was a bikini shot. That's a better word. It was a bikini shot, and the person who had posted it, um, who unfortunately in resharing it, gave it even more amplification. But basically, was saying this is not Facebook, folks. Like literally, that was the update that was showing up on, on my LinkedIn I take, profile. Take, take it was not a picture of themselves. It was not a picture of themselves. Okay. The problem is pictures like that, and we all can picture it in our heads right now, pictures like that get a lot of visibility, likes, and shares, um, even if it should be a dislike instead of a like. And even though the share might be, oh, my God, I can't believe people are doing this on LinkedIn, it still gets the activity. And so people keep doing it. Um, and that's unfortunate because it's probably, you got a lot of views, likes, and shares, but did you build your business and your brand in any way in doing that? Um, you know, if you're my friend, G Candace Gallic, then awesome. You own Bikini Lux and that worked for you. But for most of the rest of us, not so much. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. And, you know, it's people doing things to sort of drive, as you said, to generate traffic, almost like yeah, yeah. Yeah, LinkedIn clickbait, basically. 
Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. So part of what you talk about as well is, is and we sort of touched on this, you know, building the sort of basic inventory of things that you need. We talked about graphics, talked about, uh, you know, good professional headline. Then you also talk about the client persona. Yes. Yeah. The, the client persona, purchaser persona, mm -hmm. um, you have to know who you serve. I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make and they go, well, how is that part of your brand? You know, your brand's about you. It's not about the people you serve, but it's, it's, it's almost entirely about the people you serve. So people who go, oh, I can help anyone with a face. I can help anyone with a computer. You can't really help anyone then. You have got to have as refined a purchaser persona as you can, as you can get. Um, even if you have more than one, the more refined, the better, because the copy that you write, the visuals that you share, um, the content that you share is all or should all be reflective of your purchaser persona personas, interests, needs, points of pain. And if you don't know who that person is, then you're a generalist. And unfortunately, generalists don't tend to convert on LinkedIn. You really need to be speaking to your ideal client, your purchaser persona. And yes, it means you won't get everyone. But quite frankly, you know, that's why there's a lot of LinkedIn experts out there. So you can work with the one who jives best with you. And if I'm trying to be a generalist and do everything to everyone, then you're going to pick the one that you jive with and it's not going to be me, mm -hmm. right? It's going to be, it's going to be the very businessy B2B person, or it's going to be the very flamboyant B2C person, or it's going to be the hunky X, you know, X, X athlete, or it's going to be the nerdy engineer guy. You're going to pick the person that you're most comfortable with whose LinkedIn profile is speaking to you. So it is imperative that you know who your purchaser persona, who your buyer persona, who your target market is. Right. And then once you have that, then as you're going to create your keywords and your, yeah. sort of your one paragraph, that's going to be the header on your summary tailored to that. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, that, that consistency is really, really important, I think. And and it's oftentimes we see a disconnect between, at least I do, when I look at LinkedIn profiles between, yeah, professional headline, the uh, the summary, what they're publishing. It's just, it's not, doesn't it sort of lacking congruence? And I yes. think one of your key points throughout this is you just consciously have to be thinking about what the goal is. Yeah, what's the, it's the switching between first person and third person. It's the, you know, it's, it's the focusing on I'm a accountant and I also sell Mary Kay. You know, it's just, like you said, it's, it's the incongruency um, between the different features and aspects of LinkedIn. And it surprises me still, too, that you brought this up in the book, is, is um, <laughs> people using Descriptors other than just their name when they're trying to optimize their profile. Oh, yeah, in the last name field, um, which is a really – and I, I, I just saw someone else who's a client of mine, and I told her to take it off. And apparently, she listened to someone who told her to put it back on. When you put something other than your last name in the last name field, it used to get you found – on Google, it doesn't really anymore. Your your URL, your your LinkedIn profile URL actually does that. Um, what it does do is violate LinkedIn's end user agreement. And so, if someone turns you in for having, say, 
Vivica Von Rosen colon space LinkedIn expert in my last name field. Um, LinkedIn can and has, because I did that, um, LinkedIn can, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to be straight up here, right. LinkedIn can, can make your, um, can hide your profile, essentially can blacklist you so that you're not even findable uh, when people are doing a search for, say, you know, a LinkedIn expert or a top rated podcaster or, uh, you know, whatever right. it is that you do. And so please don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Okay, so sort of last thing I wanted to dig into a little bit before we talk a little bit about content is yeah. the summary. So yes. what is sort of the perfect summary? Because I mean, if there is such a thing, I mean, what sort of guidelines would you give people? We talked about creating this this one great summary paragraph with you know, keyword-laden, focused on your client persona, but but what should be in there? Yeah. So first of all, do it first in a Word document and then copy and paste it over. That way you can catch spelling errors, grammatical errors, and you can add some things like bullets and and, and things like that. Uh, Some minor formatting. There's not much formatting you can do. Really, it's to catch the spelling errors. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got 2,000 characters. So the other nice thing about doing it in a Word document is you've got a character count. Count, Um, But what you want to focus on always is your your purchaser persona or your ideal client or your ideal prospect and what's in it for them. Why in the world should they give a give two cents about who you are and why in the world would someone hire you? Um, so you can talk about a little bit, you know, other people that you've, you've worked with, other results that you've, um, that you've achieved with, with your clients. Um, but mostly you really want to focus on your key clients, which is why you should know who your key client is, your key clients, key point of pain and how you solve that for them. Um, and you can throw in a little, like I said, you can throw in a little experience. You can throw in a testimonial, a very, very, very short testimonial, uh, if you tend to work with a more male audience, you probably want to add more numbers and figures and percentages. If you work with a female audience, it's probably going to be a little bit more around the emotional pull. But you've got 2,000 characters in that summary section to engage them, to wrap them in, to make them want to reach out and connect with you. So, yes, you should also put your contact info in there as well. Um Two places I recommend the contact, three places actually, uh, I recommend putting your contact information is in that header or background image um, because then it's just right there. They can see it if they're on mobile. They can see it if they're on the browser. They don't have to scroll anywhere. If they like see you, like you, and want to call you, bam, let them. Um, But in the summary section is another place. Just be aware if you make your summary section public that um, there are some scummy people out there who might, you know, put you on a list somewhere. Um, and then there's a contact me section at the very, very bottom of your profiles. Uh, so you might want to put it there too, but that you definitely want to add some version of contact information on your, your summary section, whether it's a calendar link, which they'll have to copy and paste it in hyperlinks aren't working anymore, but whether it's a calendar link to book some time with you, a phone number, an email address. And if you can make your contact information unique, meaning, um, you know, it's maybe a Google voice number, which is what I did, um, or a unique email address. Um, then you can track how much business is actually coming from LinkedIn because they will be the only people with that email, you know, email address or phone number. So you can actually track that engagement, but really your summary section needs to be focused. 2000 characters focused, not words, characters focused Mm -hmm. on your ideal client, their points of pain and how you can solve those points of pain. Okay. All right. So, 
just a couple minutes here that we have before we go to the last segment of the show is we talked about content and the need to publish and curate. And I think the thing that, that people need to understand if they're not publishing and they look at it as a burden is that they're telling people what they stand for. Right. And I think, you know, this whole thing about personal branding, this is, this is what we're doing. Yeah. What, what do you stand for? Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and we just went through a tough political time. So maybe leaving politics and religion out of it for a while. But what do you stand for in business? What do you believe in? You know, what kind of leadership do you believe in? And share those types of stories, um, whether it's just an as an update from an article or a blog you like, um, or whether it's a full-on blog post length post that you wrote on LinkedIn, you know, what is it that you believe in, that you stand for, that you jive with? Hopefully that also your, your, your key customers are aligned with as well. Um, otherwise, you know, it, you're kind of missing the, the point there, but it, it needs to be your languaging and your content needs to be a part of what your brand is. Well, I think one of the things, the dangers that, and, Yes. Just sort of summarize this for people that, that aren't publishing, aren't sharing, is what you're telling yeah. people. You know, they're coming, a prospective customer, they're coming to your website or prospective yeah. employer. What, they're sh- what you're showing by not doing anything is yeah. that you're not very curious. You, yeah, right? you exactly. May, you, may say, right? you may say you're passionate about something, but, you know, if you're not curious and it's not demonstrated by the fact you've taken the initiative to go out and find stuff, the information that you want to share – yeah. with people about the things that you're passionate about, then, yeah, that whole claim that you're passionate about this topic yeah. or that you're you know, a curious sort that would be a you know great in a sales call, really dig in with the customer, do some great yeah. discovery. Exactly. You're, sort of, you're sort of giving that the lie. And exactly. I'm a passionate learner who's never shared a thing ever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, that, I think, is the key lesson for people listening to that is there's just yeah. no getting around it. Yeah. And unless you know, and unless you're in a business where you're having to turn away leads yeah. <clears throat> based on what you're currently doing. Right. Which I'm sure there are some, right? But oh, yeah, for sure. the the vast majority of salespeople and companies out there, entrepreneurial ventures, solopreneurs, yeah, it's a fight to get leads. And so right. here is something that you can do that's relatively simple and pays dividends because people understand who you are. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's so funny to me. (sighs) Oh, well, I don't know what to share. I mean, not only are there like a gazillion, and I'm probably not even exaggerating here, posts on LinkedIn that are posts on Google that you could do a quick Google search and find something to share. LinkedIn has LinkedIn Pulse, and and it's easy enough to find an article on LinkedIn Pulse within LinkedIn itself that you can share. So even if you're not going to create your own content, and, and I do understand not everyone has time to create content, there is no excuse in not sharing content. Any article you find on LinkedIn has a LinkedIn sharing button. And if you find content elsewhere, you can Google a tool. It's called the, like literally Google LinkedIn sharing bookmarklet. It's a sharing tool that you can pull into any browser that you use and it will share whatever content you find online to your LinkedIn audience. So there is no excuse. It could literally take you as little as 10 seconds a day. Well, and so we'll we'll make it even easier. So give the name of that app again. It's the called the uh, the LinkedIn Sharing Bookmarklet. And I believe it's linkedin.com forward slash bookmarklet. <laughs> so the LinkedIn Sharing Bookmarklet. Yep. 
Okay. So the other thing that people can do quickly, and we'll then move on, is is set up Google alerts. Oh my gosh! Right? You've, you've got you've got you've got <laughs> keywords that you're you know that you can search on that we've you've already come up. If you've gone through Vivica's book and you're optimizing your profile, you've developed the keywords that are relevant for you. Yeah. You know what they are for your customers. Set up some Google alerts for goodness sakes, and they'll send yeah. you multiple <laughs> emails a day, and exactly. then. Download the sharing tool, and literally you'll be inundated with things that you might find that are interesting, that your audience would find, followers would find that's interesting, right. that you can quickly share. And exactly. it doesn't take any time whatsoever. No time, no time at all. And for that matter, for people who are using sharing tools like Octopost or uh, Agora Pulse or, or Hootsuite or Buffer, or a lot of those sharing tools will actually also feed you articles that you can share based on your previous sharing. So they, they've got an algorithm set up. It, it makes it even easier. Like literally all you have to do is turn it on. Okay. <laughs> right? So there's, there's just no excuse. Right. Okay. All right. We're going to – well, that's good. I mean, it's a great book. People definitely want to make sure they pick it up because even people that have well-developed LinkedIn profiles, there's gems in there that help them – improve what they're doing and build their personal brand. And as we talked about, it's this is what it's all about. And so Vivica, going to the last segment of the show, I've got some all standard right. questions, rapid fire questions. Oh boy. You can give me one word answers or you can elaborate if you wish. So the <laughs> first one is, this is sort of the, the mind teaser one that I lead right. off with is, so is it in your mind, is it easier to teach a technical non-salesperson how to sell or teach a salesperson how to sell a technical product? Salesperson how to sell a technical product. Because? Because uh, most salespeople can can learn things. <laughs> I'm about to piss off all my tech people here. Um, it takes a certain type of personality to be a salesperson, and salespeople can learn just about anything. They, they really do tend to be learners. Whereas tech folks, you're so immersed in what you know, sometimes you go a little bit too far. Like I do. Like I should have what this was supposed to be a one word answer, right? I'm keep, I'm still talking. So, well, um, it's, it's a trick right? question by design. There's no one word answer. So. I know. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, so for those of us who are more immersed in the technical world, um, we, we are too immersed in it and we, we don't have the facilities or the skills necessarily, although I suppose they can be learned to step out and, and, and really empathize with our key, with, with our, with our, our, with the people who want okay. to buy our stuff. All right. All right. Got it. Good. <laughs> yeah, shut me up. Just shut me up. <laughs> well, this is half the fun of doing the show. So Exactly. <laughs> all right. So here's here's a sort of a not tricky one, but it requires a little bit of thought. So what's one great literary book, not a sales book, not a like a novel or something that you think every salesperson would benefit by reading? Oh, that's a good question. Um, a Wrinkle in Time, because it's the only one that's coming into my mind right now. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, it was the first book. Um, I think it was Madeline Langle who wrote that book. Right, right. Um, and right, it's about seeing what's possible beyond the ordinary. Mm -hmm. And really, as a, as a salesperson, <laughs> that is what we're doing. That's what we do, right? Time, right? We're seeing what's possible beyond the no. Excellent. I like it. Okay. <laughs> If you could change, next question, if you could change one thing about your business self, what would it be? Ooh, um, I would 
be even a better delegator than I am. I've learned to delegate, but I, I, I would love for delegation to be like just second nature to me. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I would be doing a task and then go, I don't need to be doing this. My assistant can do this. I don't need to be doing this. My contractor can do this. And um, I wish that was second nature to me because that would give me so much of my time back if I could delegate more. Okay. Well, something to think about in the new year here. And indeed. indeed. So last question for you is, do you have a favorite quotation or words of wisdom that you live by? Uh, You know, and I think I used this last time and every time and pretty much anything I say, it always comes back to to Bob Berg, right? People Mm -hmm. do business with with and refer people they know, like, and trust because that is what our whole – that is what social selling, that is what selling is about. Selling, right. Right, is is getting and increasing that trust factor. And – and there's still the Grant Cardones out there, and the just there's still those folks who are. Oh, anyway, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let, let's build uh, trust. Let's stop building fear, and let's start building trust. Okay, that was a very interesting editorial comment you gave. So, <laughs> all right. So, Vivica, as always, a pleasure to speak with you, and tell people they can find out more about you and your book. Sure. So uh, the website's linkedintobusiness.com. The book is on there, or of course, Amazon um, is going to be your cheapest place to find it. <laughs> um, I'm at LinkedIn Expert on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn Expert on YouTube, LinkedIn Expert on LinkedIn. Um, please uh, just Google LinkedIn Expert. I should still be the first person who pops up. Would be more than happy to connect. I've had a lot of people actually, Andy, just so you know, I think more from your podcast than any other one that I've done, reach out to me and connect. So oh, excellent. Um, Glad to hear that. Yeah, just reach out to me. Let me know that you were listening to the podcast and uh, I would be more than happy to connect with you on LinkedIn or other places as well. All right, perfect. Well, Vivica, again, thank you very much. And thank you, friends, for spending your time with us today. Remember to make it a habit to deliberately learn something new every day to help you accelerate your success. And easy way to do that is to join my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Vivica Von Rosen, who shared her expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. And if you enjoy Accelerate and the value we're delivering, then please take a quick minute right now and leave your feedback about this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. It'd be very much appreciated. So thanks again for joining me. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales. We're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.